1: I've been sparking up my tools I've been looking to win Spend a little again I've been for spittle it in. My God, I riddled again I told them stop clowning around They said what goes up comes down I said I'm down with the sickness My team stay ill now Come get this I'm just so the Delight I stay ready tonight Deep dive, wheat rise That's the melee, alright D- Davy Delight the D- Delight da 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 Single edition of the w delight brought to you by expandtheboxscore.com i am your host ricky valera on today's episode we're going to continue on with our player profiles we are going to tackle the world renowned known as the sec and we're going to kick it off with the quarterback position as always i am joined by my partner in crime stoops how are you today sir
0: i'm doing great um i don't think i've told anybody besides you obviously who i'm talking about this week and uh I told you off the air. um, Obviously, I always do research on the guys, right? I always do research, but with this guy, dug a little deeper. Went. I had to go back a a whole season and kind of sit down and track the numbers myself to to get some some different stats. But I'm excited to dive into this one. Obviously, I'm a big SEC guy, right? You know, my favorite college, Texas A&M, is is in the SEC, so of course I follow it a little bit closer. But um, definitely excited. You know, I know I know with quarterbacks, you're you're pumped to dive into it a little bit more. You're a big quarterback guy, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm interested to see what what you've got up your sleeve, um, and I'm excited to talk about the guy that I'm going to talk about.
1: Yeah, so this week was was rather interesting. Um, I decided to take one for the team. Not, not really, but <laughs> take one for the team. And so we did a poll again this week, and um, we listed three names of guys. So we had Jamie Newman, Kyle Trask, and KJ Costello. Um, All three guys I was very, very comfortable talking about because I'm a big fan of two of those three. Mm -hmm. Just happened to be two of the three that I'm a big fan of did not win the poll. Um, (laughs) I was very surprised to see Jamie Newman win this poll. Um, I I guess there's just a lot for people to you know want to know about Jamie Newman, which at the same time is very understandable because there's a lot of unknown when it comes to Jamie Newman. You know what I mean? Is he going to be able to translate to the SEC? And that's one of the things that – I'm not 100% certain I can answer, but at the same time, I'm interested to see myself. So um, he won the poll, 43%. um, Trask got 41%, which we both like Trask a whole lot. You were on the Trask. Everybody underneath understand that Stoops was on the Trask bandwagon uh, way ahead of time. Um, And so if you jump, like it's just like the Slavis one. I was on the Slavis one first, so if you want to get on the bandwagon, you got to get behind me. Trask, I'm behind Stoops on this one. So, you know, let's get on this ASAP. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited about this. Obviously, the quarterback position is something we all know that Ricky loves to talk about. But at the same time, we're talking SEC. We're talking about some real talent. So, um, Stoops, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick it off with your quarterback, my friend.
0: Yeah, so I toyed with who 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 did I want to talk about, right? It was the first initial reaction was like, I'm going to talk about Trask. I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk about him. And the more we started talking off the air, I was like, you know what? I don't know. Everyone's starting to talk him up like whatever whatever and then it happened on Twitter. Everyone was like Kellen Mond is the best thing to ever happen, right? He is he's the greatest quarterback. They never said that, but it just started to really start to ramp up. You know, everyone was was getting behind Kellen Mond and absolutely loved him. And here I am watching him for 3 seasons now questioning what they're seeing. So, I made the decision said, so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to talk about Kellen Mond. So that's what I'm going to talk about this week. And I will say this. Um, I do have some pros on him, but I have some cons, right? I'll get into it a little bit long, a little bit later. But nonetheless, coming out of high school, Kellen Mond um, was pretty highly touted. He was a four-star prospect, and we even talked about that off the air. Four-star, five-star, there's a difference there, obviously. But four-star um, athletes coming out of high school are obviously ultra-talented. They've done enough to to warrant that, but he was the 108th ranked player in his class. So again, very highly ranked. And he was the number three dual threat quarterback coming out as well. He was the 20th ranked player um, in the state of Texas. So one thing I found it interesting. So he actually went to IMG, um, which is, I believe is over in Florida, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, but they're considering him from Texas because San Antonio Crazy, right? San Antonio is his hometown, right? That's uh, I can't remember the high school he went to, but nonetheless, he's he's from San Antonio, but he went to IMG um, Academy. And he actually played with Jamon Osman um over there at IMG as well. So they both went to AM at the same time. Anyway, six three, two seventeen. So he's got some good size to him, right? He's he's able to essentially see over over the line a little bit easier than some of those shorter quarterbacks. Obviously, you want to see love to see him fix six five, but he can't control that. You know, genetics kind of halt halt that at times. <laughs> um nonetheless i like his size though so um next thing i'm gonna touch base on so i went and i was curious because after watching all of his games right you know i've watched every AM game for the past how many know or who knows how many years right it always seems his first couple drives are just rocky right it's 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 just it's rough to watch at times. He does have some good first drives, but overall, it seemed he was a little bit rough. So what I did is I went and looked at the 2019 all of his first drives, right? And I I compiled all of that. So all 13 games, he had 35 pass attempts, 22 completions for 62.9 percent. Not terrible, right? He had 12 runs and he got six sack. He got sacked six times. And on in those 13 games, this was a big thing for me. They only scored three times. They did not score on 10 of those, those first drives, right? So three games they scored, 10 games they did not on that first drive. One of them was a missed field goal, right? So he got him down there. The team got him down there inside field goal range, and the kicker missed it. So that's not so much on him, but at the same time, they didn't score. In those 13 games, the first drives against top 25 teams, he had a brutal schedule this last year. I will give him that. AM had a tough, tough schedule um, within conference and even out of conference. 16 pass attempts, nine completions, 56.3 completion percent there, right? So, again, drop down against top competition, not that great. You kind of expect it, but at the same time, you, you want to see it a little bit better, obviously. He had seven runs. He only got sacked one time, which is great. In those six games, he only scored, or they only scored on one drive on the first, right? In those six games and did not score on f- in five of the games on the first drive. So again, to me, that's a big thing. You want to score, even if it's just a field goal, right? It, it sets the tone, at least. You got some points on the board. All right, cool. We feel good about it. Let's keep going. When you don't score, it's just kind of a, I don't want to call it brings down the whole game, but it, it's its just a different feel, right? Hey, we got some points. Let's go. Let's get it. So anyway. Um, his career versus top 25 teams, he had a 55.7 completion percent. That's just not not that great. And that's, to me, um, a lot of these top 25 teams, they're going to have NFL talent across the field, right, on that defense. So it's just one of those where if you're only 55.7 completion percent, it's just going to raise a little bit of questions for me. 2,689 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Um. 143 rush attempts 416 yards and five touchdowns that's against top 25 teams in his whole career so over the past three seasons so um rushing attempts uh, to me that's a pretty solid number right 143 rush attempts 416 yards for five touchdowns that's that's pretty that's pretty respectable i definitely will take that and that's one aspect of his game and I'll get into it a little later that I do like his running ability right So the next piece that I went to and I looked at, so on the, on expand the box score, we have basically the first, um, or we have the down and distance performance. It's broken down first and 10 first and medium short and et cetera. I kind of just clumped it all together for first down, second down, third down, fourth down. So on first down, he had 404 pass attempts, but he had a 57.7 completion percentage. That's just not on first down. You, you want to see it higher than that. You absolutely want to see it higher than that. And that kind of trickles to the piece of not scoring on your first drives, right? If you can't complete the passes, it's rough. And I don't have the exact number, but on, I would say at least 25 to 30% of the games, when you look at his, his, Plays. It was, you know, either a running back run or incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. You just saw incomplete more often than anything. And it's, it's, it's rough to watch 12 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions on first down again, 120 rushing attempts, 629 yards. He's a phenomenal runner, phenomenal runner. I will give him that second down um, 64.4 completion percentage on 365 pass attempts, much improved there. 23 touchdowns, three interceptions. Those are the numbers we want to see. Those are what we want to see. 108 rush attempts, 464 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Again, got it done on the ground. Third down, trickles back down, 45.9% completion rate on 218 pass attempts.
1: I don't want to interrupt you real quick. We talked about this a little bit off the air, but when you told me on third down that he had a 40-some percent completion percentage, I about lost it because that, to me, is obviously it's the most important down. Mm -hmm. But 44, that, that to me, just is insane.
0: Yeah. And then 1413 passing yards, eight touchdowns, eight passing touchdowns, eight interceptions.
1: It,
0: it, Cause third down, you're keeping the drive going, right? You're 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 keeping it going. You're able to potentially get those points. Just not getting it done. 107 rush attempts, 98 yards, two touchdowns you see a huge drop-off on that third down. So we definitely, we've got to see improvement there this year. 100% have to see improvement. Fourth down, pretty decent, 66.7 completion percent, 87 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, four rush attempts, only seven yards, no touchdowns. But again, fourth down, you don't have as many plays on there, so that's that's understandable. Nonetheless, that third down, like you said, is really what stuck out to me. And first and third, really. First down, you want to get huge chunks of yards, make it a little bit easier on second down. Third down, you got to keep the drive going, and he's just not getting it done. Red zone production, 72 pass attempts, 34 um, completions, 47.2%. Again, we've talked about this. That is not a good number. But at the same time, is it, hey, I threw the ball away to prevent an interception or was I just making a bad throw? We, Nonetheless, that percentage is a little bit you know, of a, of a wishy-washy number. But 219 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. 24 rush attempts, 72 yards, and seven rushing touchdowns inside the red zone. So it's he's getting it done to an extent, right? It, it's it's definitely he feels comfortable with the run. Um, it's the pass that I, I still have questions about, obviously, um, on a consistent basis. And that being said, moving to my pros and cons, right? So I'm going to start with the pros because again, he's got the talent. It's there. We've seen it, right? It's it's. I just want to see him more often, I guess, and that's kind of one of the cons. But anyway, his pros, he reads through his progressions really well. I've noticed that he'll be in the pocket, and he looks at his first option, moves to the second, moves to the third, and then he'll run if he needs to, right? So you see a lot of quarterbacks who seem uncomfortable in the pocket or look at their first option. If it's not there, they run. He goes through his progressions very well and he seems very comfortable in the pockets where he's even able to step up in the pocket as opposed to kind of just standing where he's at. He moves around. So it does move the defense and helps in that aspect. So I loved seeing that from him. Obviously, he's phenomenal on the ground. He's he's got great speed for a quarterback. You, you'll see him break a lot of big runs. He's able to um to even break some tackles. And you've talked about this on for, for so many quarterbacks he is one that is not afraid of contact. You will see him. If he's close to that first down marker on a run, he will try and run you over. Now, will he more often? No, he will not, but he's not afraid of the contact. He, he will take the hits and he pops up every time. Um, knock on wood, but maybe once or twice. Have I seen him kind of lay there for a couple seconds and then get up, but more often than not, he pops up. Like he loves it. Right? So He's definitely a physical runner and he's able to get that done in the in, in that that aspect. So I love seeing that. But it seemed on a lot of different plays he struggles to pick up the blitz. I can and again, I'm watching it from way up here, right? Cuz I've got the footage for it per se. And obviously I don't have all these guys running at me trying to process all this information. <laughs> but you can essentially see a guy who is going to be blitzing or at least potentially blitzing. And it just seems like he lets it happen. He's not picking it up. He's not trying to move anybody, you know it just seems like he misses those, those options. And a lot of times that's where those sacks come from. Um, Or he's forced, you know, to make an arid throw, anything like that. Um, He throws too many. And I don't know what the, I just call them hope passes, right? Where he's kind of in trouble and then he just throw hopes that someone's going to come down with it. So it's one of those things where I wish he would at least just throw the ball away. I would rather you just throw it out of bounds instead of saying, well, I hope you catch it. I just want to see that a little bit more. And I sent, and I sent the tweet out as well, those two plays, it was four total plays, two of them. The first one, it, it was just a very, he, again, pocket collapsed. He goes out. His tight end was wide open running towards the sideline. Now, again, it was across his body. I get that. He just lobs it up there, and the defensive end or linebacker just picks it off, right? At least throw it to the ends. I'm sorry, to the sideline, and it be an incomplete pass, per se, or lead your tight end to the side uh, the sideline and give him an op- a potential you know, option to catch that pass. And he just lobs it and linebacker interception. Second pass, it was basically, dude was wide open, and he just threw it to the left. It was just an off throw. But then he has the next two plays where he's just, I mean, he's making just ridiculous throws. And the one against Texas State was probably my favorite one, where he basically is in the pocket, rolls out to his left, and on the run, just dime to uh, in the No one was going to catch that. That was either going out of bounds, Or Osborne was going to catch it. And Osborne made a phenomenal throw. So he makes those plays where I'm like, that's the Kellen Mond we want to see, right? But he's just not consistent with it. And that's my biggest knock on him. He is not consistent. Which brings me to this season. If he's not consistent this season, based on their schedule, put it this way, their toughest games are going to be Auburn- and Alabama and LSU. I'll I'll give LSU right. The, I I they're losing a lot of talent, but I think LSU is still going to be a competitive team. But at least AM plays at home, which they're a totally different team at home. Most co- most colleges are, most programs are right. But to me, Auburn and Alabama, those are going to be their two toughest games this season. Arkansas is always a tough game. It's just there's there's something about that rivalry, and it's it's a neutral site. They always play in Arlington, so there's something different about that game. It's always tough. But if they don't win 10, 11 potentially games, I think this is going to be a dis- disappointment of a season. If Kellen Mond continues to have the numbers that he's having, to me, I just I, I can't buy in to, to him as a, a Devy prospect or even when rookie drafts come around. This season right here, now people are obviously going to say, well, it's because he had easy competition. That's why his numbers are what they are. It is what it is, right? SEC competition, even the worst of the teams in the SEC are still top teams in other conferences, not necessarily top one or two, but you get my point, right? They're going to have better talents essentially than, than some of the lower tiered programs in other conferences. And then with the talents that they brought in this offseason or currently have even, Jamon Osbin, right? He was a four-star prospect coming in. Cameron Buckley, he's a senior as well with Osband. Uh Dylan Wright, he was a redshirt freshman, uh, four-star prospect. Demond, um, I think it's Demas. Um, as I say, five-star, number three receiver in the class. He's an absolute stud. We see his film or his footage all over the the Twitter sphere, right? Um, they got Moose Muhammad coming in, f- four-star prospect as well. It's just the talents there, right? Isaiah Spiller coming back at running back. They moved Anaya Smith to running back. He was a receiver. Baylor Cup coming back from a running uh, a broken leg last year. Jalen Weidermeyer, The list goes on. We always talk about an Alabama program, an Ohio State, an LSU, uh, whoever. The talents just across the field. And that's why their their prospects are are so highly touted. There's to me, there's just no excuse, to be honest with you. Um, I think Jimbo Fisher is is getting things right there. We just got to see it put together a little bit better by Kellen Mond. Um, I know I knock him a lot, I do, right? It, it's just from watching all the film and I see those arid throws where he misses the easy passes, but he makes phenomenal plays. So I'm literally probably 60 40 on him on the I'm not a, a fan per se. Um, of him, but I know the potential's there, you know, and he does what he does, but um, this season's going to be big. This season's going to be huge for him. I thought he was going to put it together last year, Um, was able to prove himself, but it just, it just didn't, didn't come to fruition. So I want to see big numbers. If he doesn't throw for over 3000 yards this season, he, he did that his sophomore season and it was 3057. So he barely surpassed 3000 yards. If he doesn't throw for three to 3,500 passing yards and throw for 25, 30 touchdowns and keeps his interceptions down. I'm gonna be shocked. His rushing stats are gonna be there. I'm not concerned about that. I want to see him as a better passer. That's what I want to see. That's how I feel. That's probably the most I've talked about. A quarterback prospects <laughs> if we've done this. But you know, having the AM bias to it, um, obviously digging a little bit deeper. So the potential's there. He he's a phenomenal talent. He's just got to get it together and become more consistent.
1: And that's the thing, like, before I pivot into my guy, that's the thing, like, that's the big thing about you talking about him this week was there's so much talk about it. Kellerman's a first-round quarterback. Kelamon's a first-round quarterback. He's... Surefire, one of the top five quarterbacks in this class, and it's like if you look at the top five quarterbacks in this class, in my opinion, I don't think he's anywhere near in that level of those guys. Does the potential there? Maybe yes, but there's guys in this class that are much, much better at consistently being a good quarterback versus what Mon's capable of doing. Now, don't get me wrong; like you said, Mon's capable of doing, but he makes so many bonehead mistakes sometimes that you're right. The difference between like a him and let's just throw a uh, 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 let's just throw Trey Lance out there at the same time, right? So. The difference between these two guys is, is Lance is playing with about probably a, a half, a quarter of the talent that Mond is playing with around him, and is still producing, right? So Mond has all this talent around him. He's get, they do recruit very well down the AM, and M, especially at the wide receiver position, and he's still not putting up the productivity of what you would want out of a quarterback in that system.
0: Well, and even even the offensive line. Like, yes, the skill positions are there, but they always their their offensive line was young last year. They had a couple, you know, junior seniors. Um, I think they might have lost one on the offensive line, but they're young. Like essentially, they're all coming back, so that's a big piece as well. So it's like the talent's there. So we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens this season.
1: It'll be interesting for sure. And I think the crazy thing about it is, is the two guys that we talked to, are talking about the most this week are obviously Newman and Mond. And these are two guys that really need a strong 2020 campaign in order to improve their draft class, and obviously that's the guy that I'm going to talk about this week is um, Jamie Newman. And in watching Jamie Newman, there's, there's a, light, a lot to like and a lot to hate. But Newman coming out of high school, dual-threat quarterback, three-star prospect, 649th ranked overall, 17th on the dual quarter, back he was 30th in the state. Um, right off the back stats wise, you're looking at 2019. He had a uh, 60% completion percentage, 2,800 yards, 68, uh, 2,868 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, 180 rushing, uh, attempts, 576 yards, six rushing touchdowns. Um, the thing that stood out the most for me right away is he's one of five quarterbacks in the entire conference to have, um, one of five quarterbacks to have 20, 2,500 plus yards and 500 yards rushing uh, only one of five in the entire power five. Another stat that I really enjoyed of his is he completed 25 passes at at least 25 air yards, which was also good for fifth most in college football. Um, just right off the top. Okay. So if you're looking at Jamie Newman on the outskirts of things, and I watched a lot of Jamie Newman, a lot of Jamie Newman this week. So, The thing about it is, is he is listed as a dual threat quarterback. And I think that he is capable of being a dual threat quarterback. But I think Wake Wake Forest really slotted him into that RPO offense. And in saying so, there was games where he rushed the ball over 20 times last year. That is not what I want out of a quarterback. Jamie Newman is more of a prototypical pro style quarterback that sits in the pocket that can make plays on his feet after. You know what I mean? Because whenever you're doing an RPO, you're really cutting off a lot of the football field. You're you're focused on obviously run pass option. He's going to hand hand off the ball if it's not there. Maybe he's taking up like that's the first option, right? You know, he might take off of the ball and stuff like that. And he's very good on his legs. 574 yards, six touchdowns rushing. The same thing you talked about, Mon his toughness is there this guy is not afraid of taking a hit but the caveat of a quarterback not being afraid to take a hit we talked about this with burrow injuries are potentially going to happen you cannot be that kind of quarterback in the nfl you can't it's not going to last your style is not going to last it's not going to be a good look on you okay so there's a few things that i liked liked um as well so the consistency From Newman is something that I did notice that I did like. His deep ball is one of the best deep balls, I think, in this class. He has a beautiful touch. And and a lot of it sometimes was his playmaking receivers between Washington and Surratt making plays. But the thing about it is, it's about that ball placement, right? It's about where he's placing the ball in order for his receivers to make the plays. And a lot of the times on those deep passes, he's letting the receiver make the play, but only the receiver, right? The only way it's going to get intercepted is obviously if it pops out of the wide of the receiver's hands. But the, one of the most impressive things, and I talked about this with you, was in watching Jamie Newman or watching a lot of Jamie Newman is Sage Surratt is, is a beast. Like this guy is – I just – he's a physical specimen that I have just was in awe of, right? But for me, there's a lot of things, other things. Like he's got the toughness, like I said. Um, he, he's a straight baller, right? He fights for the extra yards. He puts his head down. I like that as well. Now, on the flip side of this, obviously with transferring to Georgia, this is where I hope we see a lot more of that down the field, throwing the football at Jamie Newman. But the problem is he went to Georgia, who really never let Fromm kind of do that same situation. Fromm could throw the ball, they just never let him get in a consistent rhythm to do so. So are they going to hold Newman back to do the same thing? But I'm I'm on the optimistic side here that they're going to let Newman come in and kind of throw the ball a little bit more. They do run a 50, 50 offense like Stoops and I talked about off the air, but there's a few things that he needs to improve upon. Okay. It's the turnovers. That's, that's the, that's the number one thing that Jamie Newman needs to, need to work on next year. Hit eight interceptions or eight games with interceptions out of the 12 that he played last year. That is obviously not very good. His home versus road. And, and Stoops touched on this a little bit by saying, yeah, guys play better at home whenever they're playing in college. I understand that. But the stats are very, very different. Seven games versus five games. Seven at home, five on the road. Completion percentage, 62% at home, 57% on the road. I still don't like his collective completion percentage, right? I think that has a lot to do with, again, the the run player option, but the thing about it is it's completion percentage. If you watch him play, he's, he struggles very, very much. So on the short and intermediate passes. Okay. So when you watch him, he's either overthrowing, throwing behind some of his receivers made the plays, but there's a lot of, empty yards left on the football field because of his completions, not because they're not there, right? There's a couple underthrown passes from him that could have been touchdowns because he left. He just didn't have enough oomph on that pass. And I was talking about, like you said, with Kellen Mond, it's the easy throws that when you watch his tape, you get so frustrated. You know what I mean? He'll make a, a 40, 40 yard pass down the field. It's a beautiful pass right in the guy's arms. And you're like, wow, that is a beautiful pass. And then the next play it's a five yard it's a five yard you know out and he's he's throwing six feet behind him. Mm-hmm. and it's like, what's going on? and there's pressure not there, right? So obviously that's another thing. So the touchdown versus inter- interception ratio on the road is another thing that was insane to watch. It, it, insane to see. 19 touchdowns, five interceptions at home, which obviously, I mean, who doesn't love that, right? But on the road, seven touchdowns and six interceptions. He had one game last season versus a top 25 team. Yes, it was against Clemson. Yes, it's like, oh, my God, that's Clemson. But good quarterbacks step up to the plate and are good in football games regardless of the competition. Jamie Newman was 6 of 14. 6 of 14. <laughs> 42% completion percentage, 41 passing yards, and 2 interceptions. The thing about it is, is he had 12 rushes for 19 yards. So, so Clemson took out his legs, right, right? They did what any college will do. They will do what they do in the SEC. They will take out Newman's legs. If they take out Newman's legs, they're going to make you beat you with the arm. He was not capable of doing that. Uh, Down the stretch, right? So Wake Forest started off 5-0, okay, last season. 5-0, Five and zero. like Utah State, Rice, North Carolina, Elon. They played Elon. Five of his touchdown passes came against Elon last year. So factor that into his thing. He still threw an interception against Elon too. But that's aside the point. So they're five and zero. They go into Louisville game. They he they lose that game. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. North North Carolina State. They come back. They bounce back. Four of his last five games last season. Right versus Virginia Tech. Forty five percent completion percentage. Forty two percent against Clemson. Fifty six percent against Duke. against Syracuse, 44% against Michigan State. They were one and four in those five games, okay? Over the last three games before the bowl game, you know, because everybody makes a bowl. So right before the bowl game, he had one touchdown and three interceptions in his last three games. One rushing touchdown. He had one rushing touchdown over the last five games of the season after having five in the first seven games of the year, right? They just, what you have to do with with Newman what you had to do with him last year this, this might be a different quarterback this year what you had to do is take his legs away from him and if you did that then you saw a Newman that you were not it just wasn't a very good Newman right the more i thought about the more i talked about Newman i was like man this is really nice i like that deep ball i like the deep ball and then it's just like no like there's there's a lot to like i feel like there him and mine on the same level right the talent is there there's talent there now the difference between you know the talent was around him as well. Let's not pretend like Sage Sherratt was, you know, nothing. Okay, guys, like I understand he's going to play with Pickens. I understand he's going to play with Blaylock. I understand he's going to play with Robertson. He's going to play with White. I understand that, right? Now, he probably will have a better offensive line. Don't get me wrong. He will have a better offensive line. Light years better. Georgia, as we talked about off the air, number one recruiting class in, you know, this year, right? A couple four-star receivers coming in. Some of those might come in to make a play, you know, make an impact. But the thing about it is, is. He had Washington. I, I was talking about Washington out there. This is a guy that I, I, you know, watching the tape, you see him. He had seven touchdowns last year. Between Surratt and Washington, 18 of his 26 touchdown catches came from these two guys, right? Washington didn't have a consistent season, but 6'5", 217, heck of a red zone threat, right? Cincinnati got him as an undrafted free agent. That's completely near here or there. But when it comes to what I want to see out of Newman this year, okay, I want to, I want him completely out of the RPO. I don't even want the existence of the RPO to even exist in Newman's mind, right? Newman needs to be able to show that he can find the second and third read on the football field as a quarterback. And I don't know if he's able to do that. And it's hard to figure this out when you're watching his tape because that RPO is focused on the first option. Second up, it's like run, run, and then potentially pass, right? It's not. So when you get to that fourth option, it's that first receiver, right? Mm -hmm. So you're four options deep before you even really do any – you know what I mean? You really do anything right there, three options deep before you really do anything until you look at that first receiver. And that, to me, is where a team like Clemson shut him down. So will a team like Florida, who has a a very stout defense – very, very stout team. Well, a team like Alabama or a team like Auburn with some of these SEC teams that have great defenses, will they see, okay, if we keep Newman in the pocket, can we beat him? Right. So if he goes out here and has another Wake Forest year where he throws 12 interceptions, Newman's gonna slide down the draft board. Period. He's going to. It's 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 gonna showcase that he's not capable at playing at a high level against good talent. Okay, the excuses are gonna go out the door, just like you said with Mont. The schedule's easy, the schedule benefits Mont. You know, the Georgia schedule is not that hard either, but the talent around Newman is going to really showcase what we see out of Newman next year. He has beautiful placement in the red zone. He's wonderful with the play action. I think that he's going to be able to enhance his skills. That's another thing that I want to see. Zamir White, good running back, right? You know what I mean? A very good running back. You know, if they get him going, play action pass. Newman's great at the play action. Okay, let him open this offense up. If he's able to do that, let him work on that short and immediate pass. He has, He needs to work on his vision. He he does not see a full football field. If he can, you see so many times where he locks in on that receiver, right? You, you saw it a couple of times. I those couple of clips that you you uh, show me of Mond. Right? You you watch him. He locks in on that receiver. Everybody sees your eyes, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what cornerback is. That's what they're looking for. They're they're watching your eyes. If you cannot move defenses with your eyes, you're not going to make it on Sundays. That's just it's it's not capable of doing it. I like Newman. I do. I think the prospect. I think the uh, the opportunity is going to be there for them this year. But this is a super pivotal season for him. And if he does not convert, obviously, again, like like with Mond, his draft stock is going to go down the door. And and the capability of being. A Debbie prospect, a capability of being in those rookie drafts, it, it's it's going to be non-existent, right? He'll be a backup quarterback maybe for a year or two, maybe a couple of years. He might get a shot here and there, but if you're not able to translate, then you're not even worth even taking a gander at. My, these guys might be worth a few dollars in your in your, your Devi auctions right now. You know what I mean? If you're doing some startups, I wouldn't say don't get Mond. You know what I mean? I ended yeah. up with Mond. You know, I wouldn't say don't get these guys. They're they're capable athletes of playing, but You know, don't, don't put the farm on these guys. Don't, don't invest a lot of capital in either one of these guys because they are one mediocre season away from being fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, again, again, it's crazy. As I heard you talking about Mond, right? We don't talk about, you know, you don't, we don't tell share each other's notes or anything like that. But as I hear you talking about Mond, it was like, man, I hear a lot of Newman, right? I think they're very interchangeable quarterbacks, again, both supposedly more, uh, you know, du- the dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. both capable of getting it done on the ground, but they both need to be able to show that they can be passers first. And that's what I think they're both really lacking uh, on the football field as a collective whole.
0: 100%. And the thing is, like, obviously Baltimore's, they've essentially changed their offensive scheme. Yeah. To fit Lamar more. He can throw the ball, but he's phenomenal on the ground, right? Yep. I don't I don't see too many organizations changing that drastic, right? Right. It could happen, not to say it can't, but at the same time, it I just don't see that many organizations changing, you know, that drastic. So we definitely want to see improvements in the in the passing game for sure.
1: Yeah, you'll have to alter your, you know, some of these guys you'll have to alter. I don't think you would have to. If if Newman goes out and has a good season. Yeah. If Mon goes out and has a good season, right? I don't think you have to alter their offense around these particular guys, right? Because that's not what again, that's not what this guy's that's what these guys are good at. Mm-hmm. All right. They both have good arms. Okay. They just need to 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 hone in a little bit. Like we talk about, like there's guys, you know, if you focus, if these guys spend the entire, not the entire this entire time working on their craft. Do what Herbert did. Go back to the game, focus in, work on that accuracy, like that third down consistency. Mm-hmm. Mind. You can focus in. That's just that's your vision. That's part of your vision right there. You know what I mean? That's part of seeing the field better. You can work on these things, study some tape, stuff like that. Again, this is, this is coming from us from 3,000 feet in the air. I understand that. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, I'm not sitting here saying that I could read the football. I'm not. But I'm just saying if you get good at something and you practice at something, you can get better at it. And if you if you hone in on that skill, you can get better as well. Exactly. So, I I mean, that that was to me, it was a very, very solid quarterback conversation. It's not talking about the guys that are out there that are just like waiting for, you know, prime pick and Kyle Trask. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's a he's a very much a controversial figure within his collective hole in the sec as a whole did you there any other quarterbacks in the sec that you that you're keeping an eye on this year
0: yeah there's one and he will not be draft eligible per se um actually he won't be at all but uh definitely debbie leagues he's someone that i think you can get um a little bit later and i've actually seen a lot of um talking down on him but it's ryan holinsky out of south carolina he was a true freshman last season and here's the thing in the sec as any quarterback right as we've seen you know a few are going to just separate themselves obviously on a whole different level but the SEC is is no slouch of a conference especially on the defensive side so to have a true freshman come in um and 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 be one of the top guys which he was not but that's my point is for him to come in and be a top guy it's just probably not going to happen right um he only had a 57 57 completion 57% completion rate Um, last season but he threw the ball 416 times so that showed that South Carolina has that confidence in him to let him throw the ball only had 2400 passing yards 12 touchdowns and he did throw six interceptions so he's got a lot of work but I'm telling you it was so it was the technically it was week three of the the college football season but it was his second game it was when they played Alabama that was my first game of watching him and I think I just happened to watch it because it was on, right? It wasn't like I sought out, you know, the Alabama-South Carolina game. I have to watch it. It was just on TV, so I was watching it. At the 156 mark in the first quarter, that's when I became a Ryan Hilinski fan. If you haven't seen the play, go watch it. 156 mark in the first quarter of the Alabama game, right? It was one of those throws that it was a touchdown pass, okay? It was a touchdown pass. And he put it right on the money. And it was one of those throws where I don't know if it was a, I'm going to this guy no matter what, or if it was a man, I hope this works. I'm just going to throw it and see what happens type of play. <laughs> he threw it into double coverage. I'll say that he threw it into double coverage. I'll send it to you, but it was just one of those throws where it was just on the dime, right? It was, it was where it needed to be. So it's just one of those where i for me. He's one of those that I see it's, it's my same feeling about Trask. I saw glimpses of what he can be, and that's my feeling with Helensky. As a true freshman, you kind of you came in and you, you showed your potential. As a true freshman, you still have two full, se- well, two seasons. Hopefully, we get a full season, right? But you've got two seasons to still build and hone in on your craft. Um, he threw fifty-seven passes against Alabama. Most people don't do that. Right. And he had a 63.2 completion percentage to me. That's, that's, that's pretty decent. You know, 324 passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. He had 21 first downs, 21 first downs in that game. He's a guy that I think people are, are hating on. And I don't think it's warranted. Yes. He did not have a great season, but he was a true freshman in the sec, right? It's just, just kind of how it goes. So he's a guy I think you really should be, you should be focusing on watch him in these upcoming years. Um, I like him, you know, if people are going to hate on him, then that just means I'm going to get him cheap in my Devi leagues. And I'm okay with that. I am perfectly fine with that.
1: Yeah. So there's, I just have a few, just a quick off runoff. I'm going to be interested to see what Plumlee does in uh, Kiffin's offense. Obviously Plumlee was more of a, he's more of a run first quarterback type situation. You know what I mean? He had a thousand yards last year in nine games, rushing 12 touchdowns. Um, He only threw the ball 150 times, 52% completion percentage that's not going to work in Kiffin's offense. Okay. Kiffin's going to want to throw the ball. Kiffin is a throw the ball type of guy. Um, I would be interested to see Felipe Franks transferring from Florida to, um, you know, to Arkansas. That's an interesting one for me. 23 touchdowns, five interceptions in 2018. He wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously that's a, that's another one to keep an eye on. Obviously the one guy that I want to talk, you know, just quick talk about is KJ Costello. I, I love KJ Costello. I could talk about KJ Costello all day. I, loved Anthony Gordon last year. I talked a lot about Anthony Gordon. I'm still sad that he went undrafted. I think the biggest thing that hindered Anthony Gordon was not being able to go through the draft process because I feel like he would have showcased how good he really was. Um, He just shows that kind of true grit. Obviously with KJ Costello, the concern is the injuries, right? Um, But I could see him throwing the ball. He threw the ball 791 times in his career already. I could see him approaching 600 this year just in that offense with Mike Leach. Um, I think that's a match made in heaven. Um, KJ Costello has a beautiful deep ball. If you can get Costello in your in your in your Debbie draft, if you can get him into auctions, he is. I, in my opinion, he's well worth it. I think that Costello is going to rise up the draft boards. I think he's going to be one of the top. I think after this year, Costello will be a top four quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. He has the you know the capability of being that quarterback. He's six five. He's two twenty two. He's that perfect size in a quarterback, obviously that I like. I'm more of a you know I like the six four, six five guy in the pocket. Lawrence just being that one six six guy that's just mm-hmm. insane, out of this world. But I think after Fields and Lawrence, I think the the race for the third slot in the quarterback position. I don't care what anybody says, is wide open. You know what I mean? I think if Mond has a great year, he could see himself slide in the third slot. I think if Trask has a great year, I could see him slide in that third slot. If Costello has a great year, I could see him slide in slot. Newman, the same, right? This the 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 depth of the quarterback position is a lot better this year. Okay, it's a lot better. But the thing about it is, is the jockeying for position is where it gets interesting, right? Mm-hmm. It's always was Tua and Herbert, right? Going into last year, it's Tua, it's Herbert. But then of course Burrow came to think, but it was still. Then it was still Burrow to a Herbert, right? You know what I mean? This year it's Lawrence and Fields and then the field, yep. no pun intended. But um, that's how it works. But, I again, KJ Costello, I'm very, very excited. I'm interested to see what Tennessee does. Tennessee is having a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, phenomenal recruiting class. They've got a couple quarterbacks in there. I forget that kid's name. is super long there. I just had his name up on my screen. I'm, I'm terrible for not even remembering it. Um, oh, God. Yeah, exactly um
0: everything was going so smooth
1: it was going so (laughs) so i just decided to bring up so um i'm interested to see what the the, um vanderbilt does again these are just quarterbacks that were ken seals is like somebody i'm interested to see what vanderbilt does they brought in um a a new offense coordinator from louisiana tech to take over that offense often struggles a whole lot um jared guran from tennessee that's a guy that i think that he could if if they're not capable of – if he's not capable of running the offense, I think they're going to look at some of those young guys that they have in that offense. SEC's got some quarterbacks, right? What do you think – just quick thoughts, Mac Jones. What do you think he does? Do you think that he's going to
0: – I don't think he's the guy. I think they're going with Bryce Young. Um, I, I Well, uh, that's my initial true opinion and thought on it. Given the offseason, Mac Jones could be the guy for the first – right. Couple weeks only because it's it's more challenging for again a true freshman, albeit he's what a five star number one, number two quarterback in his club. You you know, totally different than a Ryan Halinsky, yeah. right? But he doesn't have the same off offseason program currently that 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 others have had. So I think Mac Jones could potentially be the starter come week one, maybe even going into week two. But I think by potentially week two definitely week three i think bryce young's the guy I, I think for me it's just one of those you you brought in this stud of a talent right it, i don't want to say he's the reason that and i can never say it, but to his brother to to out Al- to alia to i don't know how to say you know i don't want to say bryce young's the reason he transferred but i think he's the reason he transferred yeah he knew he wasn't going to be playing he was going to be the third string quarterback again so you know he transfers what was a maryland um which by the way Maryland's building a pretty sneaky program up there, right? They got some top talents. They got a they got a top top receiver coming in. But anyway, I think Mac Jones might be the guy week one, week two, but I think Bryce Young's gonna come in and to take over that job. Um to me, it just makes sense, right? You got a five-star guy coming in, a quarterback. Put him in early, right? Let let him figure this SEC thing out. Um, he's got the legs, he can make it work. Um you bring him in this year, have him start. You've got three seasons worth of play out of him. So I'm not a Mac Jones guy, um, but at the same time, I think he could be the starter come week one, week two. But I think by at absolute worst midseason, it's Bryce Youngstein. That's what I yeah,
1: think. Yeah, the thing for me for Mac Jones is obviously he's a senior, right? So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he has that. But uh, the other thing for Mac Jones for me is I think that maybe he could start long term is the talent around him, right? Yeah. If they pound the ball and Najee Harris, Devontae Smith's out there catching balls. Waddles catching balls, and they're doing what Alabama does. He might be able to hang on to that job a little bit longer. The problem is Mac Jones cost him the game against Auburn. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was the single reason, and of course, he went out there and had a fantastic game against Michigan. You know, he didn't look terrible last year. And I, and I saw somewhere where it said the biggest knock on Mac Jones is that he's not Tua, and that's and that's <laughs> that's you know what I mean? I, yeah,
0: and,
1: you know that's kind of funny. But I, I don't know. I think that the SEC's got some strong quarterback options coming in the near future. Um, Folks, do us a favor, head on over to Twitter. Uh, give us both a follow at Soups1990. Give myself a follow at RickyBlair underscore. Uh, go head on over to expandtheboxboard.com. Check out all the tools that we use week to week on this very show. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Uh, Monday night, we will be hosting another live uh, rookie mocked post draft rookie mock that we're trying to gather some information that we got some adp coming for you guys in the near future it's been a lot of fun um we actually filled we almost came we won short of filling up the draft this past week which is a lot of fun it makes the draft a lot better it's worse not getting sniped by the uh, <laughs> random ADP uh, generator. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in again, guys. And thank you for continuously supporting the show and listening to the show each and every week. That really doesn't mean a lot to us, um, especially there's been a lot of tweets over the last two week, two, three weeks about the show and people mm-hmm. listening to it. And some people that I wouldn't imagine in a million years would be listening to the Debbie Delight. So it really means a lot to, you guys, uh, to us that you continuously listen to us. And um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later.